Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? Good, pal. How did you know what I was listening to about 10 minutes ago? Because it's Friday afternoon, so I know you'd be in a great mood. Wash your feet and drive me to Forenzi. <laughs> ah. Yeah, here we are. So I I had a uh, I had a tough week. Can we can we talk about me? Yes, absolutely. You want to do it chronologically? Yeah, or uh, in, order of, in order of time, one or the other. Let's go. So uh, Monday I was a good citizen and went and got my booster shot, and that was, that was fine. Um, you know, since, the, uh, since Leadville, I've been having a little trouble motivating on the bike, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's the post-Leadville depression. Of course. PLD. And, yeah. Uh, by the way, I, on, on our webpage, uh, I posted a picture of the uh, guys at the Buckle Dinner and with their names. Yep. So uh, if you want to see what a bunch of heroes look like. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, uh, Tuesday, uh, I decided I was going to just kind of go out and work on my mountain biking skills a little bit. And uh, I got a... Um, a file from Jason to uh, kind of do my usual loop and uh, add in this uh, little extra called the competition loop. Perfect. Which, um, it, it's not really technically uh, very difficult. It's just a little different, and you can extend it. And so it was like going to be like a uh, 25-mile ride, maybe a little over – Two and a quarter hours, two twenty, which is a long mountain bike ride. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, twenty five miles on the mountain bike's a long time, yeah. especially up at altitude. Um, and you hate technical mountain biking. <laughs> to be clear, for the listening audience, okay, Morris does not want to see a route or no. a rock or any no. sort of obstacle on the track. Okay, no. preferably nice soft dirt um yes. or sand sand yeah yeah nothing sand. nothing that would would trouble you nothing that would uh give me pause but uh anyway um so i have one of the two common bike computers i have a uh, wahoo but wahoo and garmin are the two most common and what you can do is you can take a route that somebody sent you or you can copy a route from someone else off of some of these social media things, or you can create your own, you, you drop it into the computer. And um, they're, they're generally pretty good. They, they lock into the GPS signal. And uh, in a lot of cases, they tie into uh, preloaded maps. So they, they even know the, the, the trail that you're on. So turn, I, turn by turn directions. Turn, turn by turn. And if that's not enough, uh, if you get off trail, it beeps and flashes a red light. <laughs> and, uh, when you get back on, it beeps again and flashes a green light. So I'm off I go and, and, uh, I make some turns and, uh, I kind of get, uh, off trail cause I'm getting the, the red. And then, uh, I go a little further and I start looking where maybe I should go and the thing kind of clicks green and I'm good to go. So I, I follow the thing and follow the thing and the, the route gets progressively harder. Now I, I know that uh, the route came from Jason. And so, you know, you're talking about a guy that's a world master champion. He was a BMX 
kid growing up and um you know he i always whenever he pushes me uh beyond my limit i look at him and i'm like look i didn't play texas high school football growing up okay i'm a jewish <laughs> kid from the midwest and he kind of looks at me and we carry on right so it, I'm expecting this thing to be a little bit rugged. But, I, you know, I go along, and from time to time, it flashes your off route. And then I kind of jiggle around, and it says, hey, okay, you're back on route, and I keep going. Well, eventually, uh, I'm starting to think, you know, uh, something ain't right. And um, I see this pretty big descent. And, you know, it's technical. It's not technical in the sense of there are jumps, but it's loose, it's steep, it's downhill, it's off camber. Yeah, it's and, brakes, brakes turn, brakes turn, don't crash. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, me and Mr. Dropper posed here, I think I can handle anything. And so I go down the thing and, uh, you know, I, I, rookie mistake, I got a little anxious. I put a little too much pressure on the front brake and, uh, up and over on my back. And uh, then, you know, it's like that five second thing where you do the, the self check to see, you know, what happened. And I'm like, all right, I guess I didn't break anything. I'm not paralyzed. I can, <laughs> yeah, I'm not I paralyzed. Can, yeah, I can one. walk. Right. I can walk. Thank the Lord. You're not kidding though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's fucking rocks. It's not so uh anyway uh i start to wake make my way down and something else happens i kind of slide out and i land on my good knee you know not the uh, anyway now i'm starting to get a, a little frustrated and a, and a little nervous and now i have some experience with mountaineering and being in the backcountry and i would not claim to be an expert but it's not the first time I've been in these circumstances. And whenever I get in these situations that make me a little nervous, I, I think about my climbing pal, Marty, as we were climbing one day at the Gunks. And uh, I had just watched the Blair Witch Project with my youngest daughter. Uh, she claims I showed it to her when she was eight years old. Uh, I, I mean, I don't... That sounds right. <laughs> well, I... Um, is that too young? Yes. Eight okay. for the Blair Witch, right. probably. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I, the reason I watched the Blair Witch Project, maybe I made a mistake with Kate, and Kate, I apologize. Um, I worked with a guy who produced it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. He put, up, he put up like 50 grand and made like 5 million bucks. I was going to say, that thing made a boatload yeah and yeah. he said it's a little bit like me with trading when by the time i get done with everything i've earned the t-bill rate of return he said if you added all the, the zeros he got he probably broke even on it but but anyway i remember asking marty if he'd seen the blair witch project and he's like yeah i said well, what'd you think he says ah, it's no good i said didn't you think it was scary he says not at all I'm like not at all they're lost in the woods and there's a witch he said, look, anywhere in the Northeast of the United States, if you see running water, all you have to do is follow it and you will come upon a town. Now, wow. this is a professional yeah. mountain guy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so the fact that he knew there was, because if you remember the film, they, they kind of go over a creek 
And when they come back to the creek, they realize they just did a loop-de-loop, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I'm thinking about this and um, uh, looking for some clues. And, and I'm thinking back to the fact that not that long ago, uh, a friend, not a close friend, but a good man, uh, was training for the rim-to-rim run the Grand Canyon. And it was last Valentine's Day. He and his wife and another couple went down to the Carolinas. I remember this. For a run, yeah. and, and he went missing and found him 10 days later dead, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. Mr. Belton's suspenders here, I decided, look, you're never supposed to go riding in the woods by yourself. But, of course, I know better, right? And uh, so what I did was I went and I bought one of these little $299 Garmin uh, SOS things that hook up to the GPS, which, by the way, I think has some relation to the Iridium satellite thing that we talked about last week. Incredible. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, that, uh, so the argument is, well, if, if you fall down and bang your head and you can't press the uh, SOS button, what good does it do you? I said, well, what good it does is when you turn it on, it pings your location every 10 minutes, right? Yeah. And so if I don't come back, Cheryl knows I got the Garmin thing, and they, they go to Garmin.com, and it's like hit find old chestnut, right? That's all good, except when I got to the trailhead and I went to turn it on, the battery was dead. <laughs> so anyway. Into the woods you went. <laughs> into the woods I went, right. Yeah, okay. So eventually uh, I see a road, and so um, I walk over a rusted barbed wire fence, and I congratulate myself for two things. One is I was able to get the bike over the fence without puncturing the tires, and I just got a tetanus update two weeks ago, which is great because I, of course, cut my leg on the rusty barbed wire fence, right? So authentic. I see a road, and which way do you go at this point? Don't give a fuck. <laughs> see, in my experience, if you follow a road long enough, you come to a town. Not bad for a kid from Chicago. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, I ride for, I don't know, a couple miles, and I see, I actually, first story, I see is a bike shop. So I, I pull over and I go in there and I, and I look at the guy and I go, look, dude, I am so lost. How about. You show me where I'm at. And he he says, well, how far did you ride? And I, I hit the, the Wahoo thing, and I had ridden about 25 miles. And uh, he shows me on the map. I'm like 25 miles from where I'm supposed to be, basically. Yeah. So I said, I'll tell you what. How about I leave the bike here with you overnight? I'll, I'll pay a storage fee. I'll call an Uber, and I'll come back tomorrow and get the bike. He's like, sure, no problem. And I go to get my phone. No phone. Phone gone. But wait, there's more. Yeah. The phone is in the backcountry? Yeah, the phone's in the woods. So I'm like, fuck it. Who cares? It's only money, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I go, okay, may I use your phone? I'll call my wife. Well, I call Very analog. <laughs> I First of all, I'm so fried now. I haven't eaten anything. I'm like, I, I'm close to not knowing my name. I can't figure out how to get the phone because it's like the phone where you do something, then you hit send. Uh, anyway, 
I'm, as I'm dialing, I'm realizing she's never going to pick up because with all this fucking spam, right? Okay. So I try calling. I got the, you've reached. Get it. Okay. So now I'm really getting close to hitting the panic button. And I look at the guy and I did what I, 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 I do when possible. Uh, I decide I'm going to throw money at the problem. Yeah. I'm going to make him an offer. <laughs> so I said to the guy, I'll make you a deal. How far are we from Tomstone Trailhead? And he says, I don't know, 20 miles, 25 miles. I said, I will give you $300 if you drive me there. And he looks at me and he says, that's a lot of money. I said, I know. Sounds like we got a deal. So it takes like an hour and 15 minutes. Because <laughs> he's asking me, he's asking me, well, is it near Dynamite or is no it near clue. Pima? Or is it? And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's by a Tolls brother development <laughs> right because i that's what i know right mm -hmm. so anyway we finally get there and uh you know i he's i can tell he's uncomfortable because for that was an awful lot of money to give a guy a driver <laughs> he's he's pulling up to the car he goes is that a porsche i'm like uh yeah and he says oh how, how do you like that so right now it's the best thing i've ever seen we he helps me with the bike and I, I, I go to give him $300 and um, he says, you know, I feel a little funny about taking it. It's a lot of money. And I, you know, I can't help but being snarky. And I said, please take it. I'd have paid you a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, I come home and I tell Cheryl, uh, how was your ride, honey? Yeah. And I said, I lost my phone. Now, keep in mind, I'm sort of fried a little bit because I know it may not sound like that big a deal, but kind of like when you get out into the backcountry here, you can look at the sun and you can go, well, you know, it rises in the east and it sets in the west, but you can't, there's no landmarks. It's like, oh, I remember what that cactus looked like. Okay. Um, so I tell her I lost my phone and She's like, hang on. And she goes on to that find my phone thing. And she goes, oh, here's your phone. Let's go get it. I'm like, no, we're not. We're <laughs> Absolutely not. not. We're, not <laughs> we're not going. She goes, well, what do you mean? I said, you don't seem to understand. It's not like it's in Maddie's room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she browbeats me into getting in the car. And we drive oh. about halfway there. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. But I'm, I'm so like out of out of my wits mm -hmm. end, right okay mm -hmm. so finally after about halfway there she says oh shit i have a call i have to be on i can't take you i'm like oh that's what a shame that's that's a crushed so, but my phone yeah <laughs> so we're we're driving back and uh i'm like what do i do if I got a problem that I can fix with money, I, I try and throw money at it, right? So I, I'm like, I'm not going back and looking for that fucking phone. Are you kidding me? I mean, one of my kids, it, they lost so many phones. It, one of they, Somebody thought they should take the phone and duct tape it to their hand. Mm -hmm. right? I'm not mm -hmm. saying which one it was, but it mm -hmm. was one of them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I go on to the, the website and I see a phone and of course, you know, it's like I got to buy out the contract, but the whole thing's like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, huh, finally, problem solved. And I'm about to hear 
I'm about to hit buy or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. And course. I look and it's like delivery in three to four weeks. Oh. I'm like, fuck me. Can this be, could this be happening to me? So, yes. Okay. So I go to, have you had enough or do you want the, the conclusion? Please keep going. Yeah. So um, anyway, I get the idea. There's still battery power left on the, on the missing phone. And you have the find my phone thing. And now that Cheryl's gone off and doing her thing and I finally eaten something and my, you know, I'm getting my wits about me. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I go to find my phone and I go to my uh, Strava, which shows my route, right? And then I go to one of these websites that has a, a satellite view. And I'm like, I think I know where that phone was. But, um, you know, now it's dark, right? Because I'm not going in the woods. I didn't do well during the daylight. I mean, what are my chances at night? <laughs> right, back into the woods. And the, and the best part is, it's like, I know where that phone is. It's right by the fucking rusty f- fence that I cut myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. So the break of dawn, I get up. I walk into my study here. Okay. Mm-hmm. You notice I'm dressed now. Thank okay. you. Yes. That preview of coming attractions for mm-hmm. Kevin mm-hmm. Muir. Thank you. Uh, there was a huge storm. The doors to my study blew open. The floor is soaked. It's 40 degrees in here. <laughs> right? This is like the day's just off to this incredible. This is, this is Tuesday? This is Tuesday. This <laughs> is now we're into Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday morning. Okay. Right. So I go and um, I go to the, I have a cup of coffee, get dressed. I go, I put the garage door up and I go to put the lights on in the garage. Uh, there's no lights. There's no power. Powers the power's out to like everything important other than the garage doors. So anyway, I asked Cheryl to call the electrician and I go off. And the bright thing I did was I took my mountaineering boots. So 45 minute car ride later, two hours of traipsing around in mountaineering boots, uh I finally find the fucking phone. I find the phone, which was, you know, all sorts of all sorts of feelings, right? Because it's like this was the needle in the haystack. Of course, yeah, literally. And, 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 and of course, just the way I view myself with such a low low opinion of myself, all I could think of was how it should have taken me half as long to find the fucking thing. It just like you're looking at this thing and you know you walk one way and the icon doesn't move and then you turn and like and you're zips. 10 paces off yeah right okay so I, anyway if i find that kind of thing i come home and so you know that's that's kind of how the week started and then the next day i guess it's wednesday uh when I, you know when i got home i found the phone it kind of hit me about the notion that you know that those were two legitimate crashes. <laughs> I've had worse crashes and broke shit, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, then I kind of have this realization, like, hey, maybe you dodged a bullet. So, anyway, that that left me feeling kind of funny. But 
we moved on because it was two conversations I had on one on Wednesday and one on Thursday after the Fed. Okay. So the Fed has as reducing the quantitative easing. They're going to be raising rates. They gave a projection for the rate rise. Yada, yada, yada. The market did what it did. And we can come back and talk about that. But as I said, I wanted to talk about me. So, and thank you for listening. I mean, it's it's cheaper than therapy. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Okay. So uh, the first conversation I had was with a young man who uh, is being mentored by a friend of ours. And the friend called me up and said, look, uh, I wouldn't ask you this, but I spent some time with this young man uh, who I'm probably going to now call a kid, but right because you know me. That's just how I say things, right? And uh, he'd like to speak to you, and I think this kid's got something. So what do you say? I'm like, absolutely. And so uh, he sends me a note, and we talk on the phone. We FaceTime a little bit. And uh, he's working with some sort of blogger kind of guy. And he's really learning a lot and, and likes the job. And, and, and the guy's paying him, which, you know, I can go off on how important that is. But anyway, he starts telling me, he says, like, look, I know you're very pro-gold. I know you're a, a deflationist, but, uh, you know, there's the euro dollar curve and the way we're looking at the euro dollar curve refutes what you think. And I said, well, okay, let's, let's break this down. I'd say unpack it, but I think my sister said she hates that phrase. So I, I can't say unpack it. Deal. Um, I said, first of all, one of the things that kept me from talking to people about stuff in public was because, you know, I'm a trader and, uh, you know, I can think one minute I want to do something and then I can change my mind. And not that long ago, I started thinking the Lacey Hunt, Hunt deflation thing may be, you know, having some issues. And I've tried to contact him and get an update on what he thinks. And so far, I've been unsuccessful. But, um, you know, this young man labeled me as a deflationist and a gold bug. Okay, well, you know, you can call me what you want, but I mean, the gold's a trade and it's been a bad one and I do bad trades all the time. But, you know, to be labeled a gold bug like the Jim Rickards guy, have you ever right. heard that name? No, Peter Schiff is the big one, isn't okay. he? Okay, yeah, well, those guys. Okay, yeah. whatever. I, I don't really know them. I know Jim Rickards. I worked with Jim Rickards but a long time ago. But it, to me, it's, you know, I'm not there for a long time, just a good time. A hundred percent. So, and then the deflation thing, I'm starting to shift, right? But unfortunately, this uh, young man sort of pigeonholed me. And he wanted to prove to me uh, why that view was wrong. And I'm like, great, please. So he said, I think either the guy he's working with or the guy he's working with and some other people have looked at the euro dollar curve 
And he said, the euro-dollar curve's inverted, which refutes your theory of deflation. And I'm like, uh, all right, let me think about this for a minute. I, I don't look at, scrutinize the markets like that anymore, but I seem to think if the euro-dollar curve were inverted, I'd have, I'd have noticed it, right? So I pull up the Bloomberg and I bring up the euro-dollar curve. And it's, it's 10 years of three-month euro-dollar futures. And I used to know each year has a color, like the first year is white, the second year is red, I think the third year is green, blue, mm-hmm. gold, orange. White, pink, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. I used to know those. Anyway, um, so he shows me two euro-dollar contracts that are sort of in the middle of the stack, meaning like in the halfway point. And so uh, one of the contracts was a March contract, and one of the contracts was a December contract. Let's not pay attention to the year, but they're quarterly contracts, March, June, Septies. And just so you know, when you refer to March, that month, symbols an H, June is M, September is U, D is Z. And those are the four you got to know because they're, that's the financials. The advanced course, which is available to listeners for $39.95. <laughs> uh, On the website. <laughs> like November is X. I think July is N maybe. I don't know. I didn't bother learning those because I didn't need to and I'm lazy. So we're looking at, a, a March contract and a D's contract, and they're about uh, nine months apart in the middle of the stack, and they're inverted, meaning the f- yield out longer is higher than the yield shorter, but it's three months off in the middle of the stack, which I, I said to the young man, I said, well, you know, look, it's been a long time since I've done these things, but are you familiar with the year-end effect? And no. I said, well, once again, old chestnut's been removed from these things, but it's not uncommon at the year-end when the banks and businesses want to fancy up their balance sheet to make it look good for the year-end financial statements, the liquidity dries up because people bring all their assets home, and that can drive up the cost of money over the year-end. So the December contract, you need to make an adjustment to. It's like, wow, I I never knew that. I said, yeah, well, no reason you should, right? And uh, I said, also, uh, March is the Japanese year-end. And oddly enough, the the same thing can happen there. Now, I'm I'm not going to claim that how it is now, but it was at one point. And Uh, so those were things that, um, when I did this for a living, we would have to make adjustments because, you know, we were very precise about this stuff. And finally, I said to the fellow, I said, uh, are you familiar with this, uh, um, concept of convexity? Of course, no. And it's fine. It's not, I'm, I'm not trying to say Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm kid. No, he's a very smart kid, but you know, until somebody teaches you these things, right? And and I explained how, you know, I didn't use this example, but I will use it with you because you know how my mind works. 
It's like, would you pay the same for a cheeseburger 10 years from now? <laughs> Is your wood tomorrow? Yeah, sign me up. Yeah, put it on layaway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Um, <laughs> you have to, well, that's convexity. Mm-hmm. So once again, you're now in the middle of the euro dollar stack trying to compare these things. And they're off by like one basis point. When in the middle of the stack, it doesn't mean anything. Yet here's a YouTube blogger and then another company uh, put out a, a chart that he sent me. And it's like, look, world's coming to an end because the curve's inverted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, why do I mention it? I mention it because it, it was a little frustrating to me because you have a lot of people put out these financial podcasts, right? And I happen to pick on the euro dollar stuff because, you know, at one point I I was involved, right? And so I, I figured it out. And then when you hear people who claim to be experts and they, they say things which are just, stupid i i it it troubles me because you have you know people or younger people trying to learn stuff and the guy goes on the guy or gal or they or it whatever the fuck they want to be called these days excuse me uh i I just it frustrates me right so so i was delighted to speak to that young man i'm sure i'll talk to him again um so that that added to my source Week of aggravation. <laughs> this is what stopped me out at the low. Okay, let me let me take a sip here. Hold on. Yeah, <laughs> thirty minutes, and we're on. I, we only had Thursdays. <laughs> oh my god, it's thirty minutes. We're never going to get it all in. We got all night. Go ahead. We started early. <laughs> so I have a friend that I've known since nine. 19- 1985, I think. Okay. My whole, my whole life. And uh, this fellow, man, I'm just going to say he's a man, um, unquestionably a success in the hedge fund industry. Okay. Uh, and he's he 100% earned it. Okay. And uh, he's difficult. Um, but when I met him, he was younger than me. And, you know, it's you, you develop an affection for people, right? And he's always treated me with a great deal of respect. And, and so uh, the, from time to time when, you know, he had gotten a little bit uh, difficult with people, I, I think I had maybe once or twice sat him down and suggested maybe you want to be a little nicer and... Anyway, he was polite to me and didn't listen. But uh, So anyway, I got a text from him. He's like, uh, you know, how you doing? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> like you got an hour? No, I said, I'm fine. How are you? Good. Uh, I said, we should chat one day. He says, uh, okay, how about now? So I, I hit him up and we're FaceTiming on the thing. And uh, he's going to be going off and working in the crypto space. And 
I look at him and I just feel my heart sink. And I suspect it's a similar to feeling to what I would have if one of my kids told me they were going to become a real estate broker. God knows that's not happening. <laughs> no, I'd shoot myself then shoot right. them. Right. Um, anyway, uh, I look at him and I'm like, oh, oh, please don't tell me you're doing that. And he goes, well, why? And I said, look, I, I don't have the energy to go into this, but I hate this thing with almost a religious fervor. And he said, look, we've known each other a long time. We, we don't have to argue. We can, we can discuss. And, and I said, you know, it's, it's fine. I just, I'm going to get upset. And, but I, you know, I'm just so fond of this fellow and I have such respect for him as a trader and as a businessman. And he, he asked me why I was so bothered by it. And it, it would, it, as much as I wanted to say, I don't want to talk about it. It just, it just wasn't, wasn't me. Like he's a friend. Right. So mm -hmm. I, I kind of go through all the things about the steal and the money and the, the, the criminals and the ransom and, you know, there's lawlessness and the bullshit with the coins and the tether and, and, and we get done with it. And he's like, everything you have said is irrefutable. You are, you are completely right. He said, I think that we'll look back and 98% of these cryptocurrencies are going to be zero. Um, the bulk of the businesses are going to be worthless. Um, but uh, there's going to be some technological stuff that's going to make sense. And uh, he thinks he can, he can find that sort of thing. And I said, okay, well, let me give you a couple of uh, pushbacks. And we talked about that. And, and then there's a couple more that I thought of after that I would I want to tell you about. But um, uh, I asked him about the tether. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's bogus. I said, well, you don't think that's going to be the undoing? He's like, no, it's, it's a couple of billion dollar fraud. And, you know, he, I think he agreed that it's a fraud. Um, and then I can take money out of it. I, I vented about why can't the, uh, the big mouths in the business kind of have a meeting of the five families, right. And put an end to this war. Right. Um, but no, they, they can't cause they're, they're whatever. Uh, but, um, the big sales burger that my friend has given me is that there's going to be efficiencies created in, for instance, the, the clearing of securities and the speeding up of banking. And, uh, as I had a chance after I spoke to him and thought about it some more, I came up with a couple of examples of why that's just worthless. So, uh, easy example is Cheryl bid in an auction the other day uh, for a piece of something that was maybe a couple thousand bucks. And she won. And so 
you could pay by Venmo, you could pay by credit card, or you could wire the money, right? And of course, depending on how you went about it, the fee was different. We don't Venmo, we don't have that thing set up. Um, so she went to our bank on, their, on the app. And I, I won't say which bank, but it's one of the major banks. And so she got the wire instructions of this auction house and she entered the wire instructions, the Fed wire instructions, okay? Major New York City Bank to major New York City Bank. And uh, when she got it all in, they said, if you want it there tomorrow, it's a $15 wire fee. If you want it there in three days, it's 10 bucks. And if you want it there in five days, it's three dollars. It's it's nothing. It's literally nothing. It's literally nothing. So the notion that there's these huge cough savings, and and by the way, before someone says, "Well, you're a rich guy," you know the banks treat you special. I got one of these nobody accounts. That's where we have like our checking. You mm -hmm. know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I pay full retail on that thing. By the way, it's the only thing I pay full retail on. <laughs> so the notion that this is going to be efficient, I just uh, throw that out. But the more complicated thing, and, and maybe I could try and explain this uh, to you, because I think uh, maybe I'm wrong, but let's try. So you go on your E-Trade whatever, Schwab, blah, 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 app and you buy or sell your shares right something like exactly. that exactly yeah okay so let me ask you and, and not not to poke fun at you just to let, we'll talk about level of sophistication you go buy one of your 13 stocks so how do you do that tell me how you do that it's as easy as typing in the ticker getting a quote and, and clicking buy and then what and then it clears I use a bunch of different ones, but in two days, it probably takes two days to clear it. Okay. All right. But I own it from the minute that I've clicked buy. So if I buy okay. Apple at 175 and it goes up that day, I, I'm consider I get it in. But in actuality, I think it takes three to five days. It's three to five days on anything to clear anything. Okay. So uh, in terms of the clearing, what do you have to do? Nothing. Nothing. And Nothing. in terms of the clearing, do you know what they do? No. Okay. So I would call you a modestly sophisticated investor. Okay. Um, I, I mean that in, in, a, in a, uh, an upbeat. Yeah. 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 Okay. So if you go behind the curtain, all sorts of shit takes place. Before you open an account, you got to fill out all sorts of forms. They have to do an identity check. They have to make sure you're not a criminal. Think you know, so? Like they didn't do any of that for me. I've got like four of these accounts. Nothing. Not no. One. No. Nothing? No. <laughs> no. E Trade was like name, social, social put security your number. Put yeah. your money in. Yeah. Yeah. No, they 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 okay. check. They they have to. It's called the know your customer rule. Interesting. Okay. Okay. And by the way, if you're bigger it goes in greater detail. Mm -hmm. Like any, I stopped opening accounts because I had to send so much fricking paperwork. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Because you're Liam Allen, you know, mm-hmm. Stanford, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, Whitechapel Associates. I'm Meadows Development Group. I'm Blackbriars yep. Aviation. Okay. So mm-hmm. I have to provide mm-hmm. all this stuff. So it's, it's pretty rigorous. So that's before you can do a trade. Now, once mm-hmm. you do a trade, you have to, before they execute the trade, they have to make sure or see what your position in the, the securities before you do a trade. Then you have to have the cash in account. Okay. So when all those things go through, then you're like, okay to trade. So now you trade and they go out and in a perfect world, they go into the marketplace and they match your buy up with the sell. Okay. And in a stock, I think stocks are T plus two, which means it's trade date plus two business days settle. And what they do is they take your stock, which has this thing called a QSIP. Okay. I used to remember what QSIP stood for, but you can look it up and it's worthless other than knowing that every security, okay, has a QSIP and they're long, okay? So for instance, I had a position in some Puerto Rican bonds uh, and uh, I also had a position in some Illinois bonds. Like I think the Illinois QSIP was 451912AH0. That was the QSIP. And what year did you know this off of? It was I had a big position or Let's see. The um, I'm trying to think uh, the Puerto Rican bonds. I'm having a senior moment here, but it's it's like geez. seven seven two five three nine JQG threes. Amazing. Okay. Well, every security has this QSIP, right? And so to make sure that the trade clears, they match up the QSIPs. So that way, there's no mistake. Okay. Now, your guess is as good as mine when you take all the stocks in the world and all the bonds in the world and all the commodities in the world, right? And they trade every day and they trade hundreds of thousands of times every day, right? If you're going to commit this to the blockchain technology, you see what I'm getting at, right? Wow. Yeah. What's it? I mean, I don't know. What's it take? To, to clear six blockchain, it takes 27 minutes and it kills 14 baby seals mm-hmm. and it creates a tornado in mm-hmm. Indonesia yep. or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really trying to wonder, like, how is where's that the inefficient, yeah, Where's the inefficiency that you're, that you're solving? Well, you know? that's the thing. So, for instance, if you're buying a house, okay, I think this is a great place for blockchain technology. So for instance, if you buy and sell a house on in, in the East Coast where where I have bought and sold houses, purchase and sale contract for real estate is a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. Like going back and forth in these things. It's like the is, worst experience of some people's lives. It's a nightmare. Okay. Total nightmare. It's right. closing on the house. Yep. Okay. Out here, when I bought this house, mm-hmm. It was so straightforward and simple that certainly when I go to sell this house, I'm not, I don't need a lawyer. Yeah. 
It's just that fucking simple. I remember you um, saying that. And there's a reason why the, they can't figure this out in the East Coast. I don't know why, but I, maybe it's because the lawyers like getting the big fees. So Bingo. the lawyer to close out East is three to 5,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. I can go back and look, but I think the lawyer here got $400. Incredible. Okay. Yeah, I believe so it. So blockchain works for that. Clearing, you know, 52 muni bonds that in pieces, muni bonds come in $5,000 blocks, right? I just, I just yeah. don't. And um, so I guess that was what was disappointing with my friend. It's like, you know, here's a guy that I think a lot of. And when I kind of worked through this with him in the end, he's like, well, you know, I just said this a minute ago, you know, everything you said is irrefutable, but, you know, 20 years ago with the, um, with the internet, I never would have thought of, you know, like Google or how these things would work and there's businesses that are going to be created and there's tokenization of equity and yada, yada, yada. And, 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 and I'm just like, oh God, it's the, you know, someone's drunk the Kool-Aid on the thing. And yeah. and look, I don't disagree that they're going to come up with stuff that we can't even imagine, right? But it's funny how these things appear at the end, not the end, but appear during the late stages of a long-term bull market with very easy money. And I just, so between that, the kid thinking the world was coming to an end because three month year dollar contracts five years out were a little bit out of line. And then my, my buddy becoming a crypto guy, I just, I don't know. <laughs> what's his, what's his, so he's just, he, he thinks it's the beginning and he's turning his, what did he, what, what is he's his going hedge to, He's going to become more involved in the crypto business my interpretation is not trading the currencies but going out and looking for investments in businesses that are going to benefit from this Jeez. and i mean hey look I yeah mean, there, I, there, I, there'll I, be some I, out there yeah yeah and, and if anyone's gonna find it it's him and and i hope he does make a lot of money because you know me i when someone's one of my friends, I, I want them to succeed. Everyone else, you know, fuck you. But hundred <laughs> percent. I'm still remember I, I've I still haven't f- figured out. Remember how we said the word Schadenfreude mm-hmm. is taking the pleasure off of seeing people have someone else's misfortune. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still haven't figured out what the word is for taking pleasure off of making someone else unhappy with your success. <laughs> Yeah, there's a term for it in some language. I'll find it, okay? Yeah. yeah it's not um, Farfignugan, is it? No, stop. <laughs> um, well, that, so we, what about Friday and Saturday? You had no, what's the, today's Friday, like, huh, let me ask Friday, you gold, gold came out of the box trading like the champ. I was just going to say. <laughs> and, and, and I sent a note to Kevin Muir. I'm like, okay, Kev, this is where the guy who keeps selling it comes in and sells. And Kevin sends me a picture of a guy with a tinfoil hat. 
<laughs> and that was the high for the day. I was going to say, what time? That was at what, like yeah, nine right o'clock in the morning? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, um, so there's some housekeeping stuff we mm-hmm. should talk about. Yep. So um, the good news is, wait for it. 50 minutes in. I think that I found a trade that is bullish on equities. I just started the research. I feel pretty good about it. Uh, I have more work to do. So that's the good news. The bad news is episode 48. Is that today? That's today. This is the last one till when? It's up to you. It's up to you. You're going away on holiday, right? Yeah, not until the middle of January. If something happens, we'll, we'll be live. Okay, if something happens, we'll yeah, be live. I can quit anytime I want, right? Right. No, that's that's yeah, exactly. No, I I think I need a little bit of a. I think I need a little bit of a. Break. You know, you're gonna take the week off, and gold's gonna be like nineteen hundred dollars. <laughs> so we say sorry, we're busy. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> you'll sign yeah, on for that. I'm, I'm I'm good with that. What um, about what about when the homes verdict comes down? These are very important topics that our listeners are the concerned jury, with. The, the they went to the jury today. 30 weeks later or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. Well, maybe, maybe we'll, I mean, let's take, let's take Christmas week off. Sure. Okay. That's fine. All right. Okay. I, you know, yep. we like to go out and round up the young Gentile children. <laughs> you guys have Chinese food and movies, please. That's exactly right. That's I know. exactly right. That's yeah, I know. <laughs> New York tradition, please. Uh, yeah. Well, it's the you guys, you guys get the Chinese food place restaurants to yourselves, and you go and see the movies. I know. Um, yeah, smart was, little Christian, smart little Christian kids would go over to their Jewish friend's house when they'd had enough Christmas for the day, and they'd have Chinese food, and you know, it was just regular night over at the Saxes. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Oh my God! Till we discovered the MSG. But, <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to ask you. Oh, by the way, on the website, I put up mm-hmm. a couple of. Oh, thank you. Which I think maybe we should refer to one. uh, Actually, I stole it from Kevin. Mm -hmm. Uh, So uh, tough luck, bud. Um, Thank you. Sue me. Uh, (laughs) It overlays the dot-com bubble versus the arc. Is it close? Is it close? No. It's identical. It's identical. It is uncanny. Can't make this stuff up, man. Thank you for sure. your service. Thank, sure. uh, thank you, Kevin. <laughs> thank you, sure Morris. Writes itself. Uh, the other chart is actually uh, a little bit more meaningful to me. And I don't have it up. And, you know, we have a rule about not touching the keyboard. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it's this thing I've been trying to figure out for a while about you have a moving average and how far can you <clears throat> move away from the moving average before it has to mean revert. And I think this chart goes back like 50, 60 years. And what it shows you is a band that the stock market has traded in. And it has a center around a 7% total rate of return implied, uh, you know, return. And as you'll see on the chart, you're at sort of the wide end of that band. And so, you know, if you recall, my plan after getting out of everything was to get back in, go out to pasture, and 
to this i'm always saying this to make myself feel better but you know within two days of hitting my levels right and i missed it, and mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. it for the next two years okay the bottom line is over the long term whether it's your 13 stocks or my you know etf or something over the long term history has shown that large cap stocks provide like a seven or eight percent IRR. And then I, I agree with that. Okay. And now at this point in my life, I, I'm willing to sign up for that, but we're substantially above that 7%. So for me, uh, I would like to see it get to that level or maybe, you know, I'm a little greedy, so maybe a bit lower, but I would mm-hmm. definitely start to put my portfolio uh, assets to work at that, at that level. So those, those two charts I thought were, were something interesting. Awesome. And that's uh, IBWOC.com. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, Inside Baseball Cast at Gmail. That's Inside the, uh, Baseball Cast at Gmail. Yeah. That's for Guys uh, emails. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I know we got a Twitter account. Yep. I try to stay off it because you don't like it. So, uh, yeah. You think we need that? Not if you don't want it, big guy. <laughs> Let's sleep on that. I, I'd like. I'm thinking. You know, it's just this this uh, mm-hmm. this social media stuff. It's just so fucked. It and, really is. You know that the uh, the guy Jaron, I forget his name. Uh, Ten reasons to quit your social media account now. I mean, I told you, I, I read eighty percent of that book. I got up and I deleted everything. I know. I remember. And I, I mean, I was sleeping better. And and you look at like they're discovering now with the TikTok, right? Please, the kids on the TikTok are somehow deciding they need to go kill everybody. I just saw. I got a thing today from a friend at home in Westchester that said his daughters are worried about going to school because of some TikTok bullshit about shooting up schools. Yeah. This is like, you know, and we always I always we always thought, okay, that's like, you know, that's that's not my town. That's not happening where I live. That's another that's you know, that's Columbine or pick wherever the you know that's wherever the school shootings happen. You're like, oh it's never gonna happen in my town. But it's everywhere. That, those social media things, the TikToks are such a cancer, and they are everywhere. So, so you have a uh, a daughter? I do. And now, obviously, she's too young to have her own device. But have you and your and Amy discussed how you're going to manage that? No, God knows what it's going to be like when it gets time. Like that's five, seven years away. Will will there be? It'll be on our watch, you know. Like hopefully it'll be like MySpace and it won't be cool anymore. Facebook is on its way to becoming MySpace. Facebook will be dead by the time she's, you know. Um, but well, no, so it's it, it's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. But she's not like I mean. There's kids that are running around with their phones. I mean, when the kid goes to first grade, some kids give the give the kid a phone for first grade. It's it's bananas. Um, but now, like, she's two and she's happy with books at this point. Like, if I read her the Thomas and the Train book, that's she's content with that. I'll let her watch Coco Melon on the iPad, um, or like like preschool videos, like a 15 minute preschool mm-hmm. video about the alphabet and counting. But that TikTok stuff, dude, kids are young. Cause we have a, a very close mutual friend, Tommy G. He's got two daughters, yeah. I think a sophomore and a junior, which is a tough time for high tough. school girls. 
and these are sharp girls. He's a sharp guy, and those two girls are smart. And they said that they were uncomfortable at their high school, that there's like stuff that, that they don't like going around on social media. Yeah, he said it's disturbing. So, did I tell you I was riding with him? Like, I'm sure I told you six months ago, we were riding over by uh, the dam. And mm -hmm. he mentioned that for a short time, his mother in law was living with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, uh, I said, your mother-in-law is living with you? He's like, yeah, it's a long story. You know, she and his wife, you mm -hmm. know, her daughter had a really tight relationship and, very, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it sounded like she was a bit of a pain in the ass. And, and he was all excited because she uh, was going on a cruise. And her <laughs> plan was to go on a cruise and meet a rich guy. And I'm thinking, well, you know, like what 80-year-old woman is going to go on a cruise and meet a rich guy. And I said, well, how old is your mother-in-law? And he says, uh, she's 60. <laughs> <laughs> the first words mm -hmm. out of my mouth were, fuck you. You have any idea how old I am? <laughs> oh, my God. So that hurt. Hey, we can't, uh, we can't sign off without pussing on Nancy Pelosi for 90 seconds, oh, can thank we? thank you. Oh, why not? She's made a fortune. She has made a fortune. So much that she's buying a $50 million house down here in Florida. No income tax. She's ready to go out to the... Wait, you know, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You made that up. No, 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 no. $50 million? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Fine. If I'll find the listing. I'll get the, I got the listing. Maybe yeah. it wasn't 50, but it was something obnoxious like that, like like beachfront in the inner coast, like beach and bay, <laughs> like a plot with oh, beach and bay. Yeah, surf and turf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably wrong. Maybe it's not fifty million, but she's got. She's buying a big. She's buying the compound in Florida. The husband is, you know. Oh, the, uh, ah, uh, it's not me. It's not exactly. me. It's it's. The him. husband has done well, and he's an el you know he's an older gentleman that's had a lot of money in the market for a long time. So here here's the comment that I I think was just. I I don't know the word to use, so I'll just skip it. But somebody asked her about members of Congress, whether they should be allowed to trade single name stocks. And she said, of course they should be. We're a free market economy. And she moved on. And all I could think of was, you're so fucking ignorant. You have access to information that other people don't have and, by the way, if I had access to that information and acted on it, I'd, I would have broken the law. Gary Gens would be knocking at your door. I don't know. I don't remember my Series 7 stuff well enough, but I don't know whether acting on that would be a criminal offense. But I know, at a minimum, I would have to disgorge the profits. And uh, they'd write me up. Right, and mm -hmm. I'd get all sorts of bad press. Um, I, I just, you know, why is the country so fucked? Because you know, I, I was saying to Cheryl the other night, I said, you know, Maxine Waters is as dumb as a rock. Oh, dude, she gets on the mic and, in those interviews. Oh, and, and you know what? You got to find a dumb rock. <laughs> to dude, she in, like oh. your, your average rock is too smart. Oh, dude, she is 
nails on a chalkboard when she starts asking questions. Oh, thank you for bringing that up, Maxine Waters. She makes me furious. Oh, she goes oh. – and with such authority though, with such authority, she asks those questions and like those Senate hearings and stuff. Uh, just It just makes me – well, makes me gag. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, Merry blood, Christmas, folks. <laughs> my blood pressure is going up, so I guess maybe this is a good time to stop. But we uh, should uh, we should tell the the folks to listen to the market huddle. We'll do a little self promotion. Um, oh yeah. We did record the holiday episode. Uh, we don't know if it'll go to air. They might junk that thing. You know. <laughs> Our best work has been on the cutting room floor. <laughs> Kevin Muir's Market Huddle. Um, may, maybe listen for us on that. And um, and we're going to take Christmas off. And uh, we'll be back. Uh, if, if something urgent happens, we'll be back. But you guys don't have to email Morris on Monday morning asking if there's going to be a show. Um, I know there's folks that will be very concerned if, if there isn't a show next week. But we will be back, all right? Um, so this is episode 48. By the 48. time the thing drops, we'll probably have had... 50,000 downloads, which personally, to me, uh, <laughs> I just, I don't know what to say. First of all, thank you mm -hmm. for showing an interest in what Liam and I have put together here. Um, it's wonderful to know that the bulk of you find what we have to say somewhat worthwhile. There is a small fraction of the subversives out there. But you know, you're no one. You're no one until someone hates you. And but uh, thank you for uh, thank you for coming along on this uh, journey with us. And Liam, thank you for the personal sacrifices you've made and uh, um, and staying on me to to work on this with you. And I hope it's been uh, fun. We can put another forty eight in a row together. It's been great, pal. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your time out there, and I'll see you when you get back in January. Merry Christmas, pal. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. Bye.